Hi, Jacob Wallace here. Welcome to my podcast where I hope to inspire you to walk in your royal identity in Christ and experience God's goodness in every area of your life. I hope you enjoy this message today and that you are encouraged and equipped for kingdom living. Amen. We'll turn your Bibles to James chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. This is the last message in our kind of quick, just, I don't even want to call it a series, but just a kind of just a, a, just a, just a, a string of messages here um, called the End Time Church. I, I got really in, um, challenged by the Lord um, of what the End Time Church should be equipped for, ready for, and what's happening. Because I don't know about you, how many believe and think, I mean, honestly, if, if you can be honest, all you want to you can say, no, pastor, you're crazy, right? But I believe that we actually are in what they call the end times, right? We're there. We're 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 in the place. We're in the spot, and uh, um, and 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 let me just say this encouraging word to you: that when we look out in the world, it's not going to get any better. Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> it's it's not going to get any better. But your life as a believer, we actually can walk according to the word of God and see God's favor and blessing and advancement of the kingdom of God in our lives every day during these times. Because he watches, he's the great shepherd. He watches over those, he takes care of those who are his sheep. And the Bible says this, that if you're my sheep, you'll be obedient to my voice. So you wanna know if you're God's, one of God's own, right? Number one, because of salvation. Number two, are we being obedient to his voice when he speaks? Amen. So for the last couple of weeks, we talked about a couple of things. The first week was resistance breeds revival. I don't know, Megan, if we have, Pastor Levine, you can help me with this. Do we have a slide up there that says goriver.org forward slash media? Okay, everyone write that down. We are so organized right here. Go, goriver.org forward slash media. Okay. Um, or you can just download the app. You can see all the things right there on that or just go to our website. You'll see sermons. If you um, miss any of the weeks or, or miss any of the weeks here at the church and you wanna stay current, stay up to date of what's going on, just go to that website. Check out the sermons on there. Um, follow along with that. Listen to it while you're you know, in your car or you're working out or whatever, okay? Um, turn off country music. Listen to a message. Okay, and uh, encourage your soul. You don't need any more tears in your beer, okay? You need, you need the word of God <laughs> in your heart. And so, um, so anyway, do that. But the first week we talked about was resistance breeds revival. The second week, which was just last week, we talked about the, the three keys of uh, an effective kingdom believer in this time, and that was power, love, and a sound mind. But God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, Amen. Power, say power, remember? Power. Why, why, why do we do that? I wanna just, this is like school, okay? Why do we do power? Because of my teacher in, in college, he always said that. For some reason, he always did power whenever he said the word power. It was weird, all right? He'd be preaching, he'd be like, in my car had 4.7 things of power. All right, cool. So he's just ingrained in me to go power every time I say power. So, um, <laughs> power. And so that is, um, so God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And those three keys, power, love, sound mind, are the three keys for an effective believer in these end times. Today, I wanna talk to you about, and it's not gonna be a long message, but I wanna talk to you about expectancy fuels passion. Expectancy fuels passion. 
James chapter five, verses seven through eight. I'm reading out of the ESV. And it says, be patient. It might say NASB up there, but it says, be patient, therefore, brothers. And I'll just add the word sisters there too, so for all of you PC people. Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient, be expectant, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. I love, I love that, that phrasing, at hand, right? Because it speaks of its shortness, okay? It speaks of its, its timing. It's when Jesus used to say, the kingdom of God is at hand, okay? That means it's not far away, it's not far off. As a matter of fact, it's here, it's now. It's what Jesus would say. And so in the word, in the book of James, it says, the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's as far, now everyone just, if, if you can with me as an exercise, just stick your hand out there. And if, you, if it reaches your, the person in front of you, just, just massage their head real quick, okay? And uh, um, no, don't really do that. But um, <laughs> we don't want no UFC breaking out in here, okay? So, um, so it's, it's at hand, it's as close as, as, as far as you can reach, that's how close the coming of the Lord is. But along with that as well, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is also at hand. It's not something far away we get to hope for and just wish for, it's something that we need to live in and walk in, amen? If I were to break down the word kingdom to you, maybe you've never heard this before, maybe you have, but the word kingdom simply means king's dominion. The kingdom of God, the king's dominion is at hand. See, because when you got saved, hallelujah, praise the Lord, who's going to heaven? See, when you came to know Jesus, that's, that's kind of a religious term, got saved. It just means that Jesus found you in the midst of all your business. And he said, you know what? I got a plan for you. And he lifted you up and then salvation came and you got saved. Saved from what? You got saved from hell, to be honest with you. <laughs> Because anybody who doesn't know who Jesus is, there's only one other place that we get to go to. And I know that's hard to hear sometimes because we wanna, we wanna have the easy route out. I know that, I understand that. But listen, the Bible says there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus. Right, that's through Jesus. We got saved. Well, when you came to know Jesus and you said that prayer and you committed your life to Jesus instantly, God said the kingdom of heaven now lives inside of you. Why? Because Jesus lives and he reigns. He took residence inside of your heart. He took residence inside of your life now because he lives inside of you. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven now resides inside of you. Now we get the awesome opportunity and honor and privilege to go and be the kingdom of God to the people and our spheres of influence to the people around us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's nothing you do. It's all what he does through you. Come on, somebody. Right? It's all what he does through you. See, expectancy as we wait upon the Lord fuels passion. See, I remember when my boys were born, especially Caleb, which by the way, my wife is down there visiting right now. Yes, I know. She sent me a picture and I got super jelly. <laughs> I remember when Caleb was, 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 was uh, in the process. <laughs> Andrew, you know what I mean. In the process. <laughs> uh, and Caleb was our firstborn, 
And I, I remember all the things that we did that created ex, um, this expectant heart for the arrival of our son, right? I mean, we did, we did, we went over and above. When you have your first son, if you're a parent here, uh, maybe this was like you. I know it was for us. Uh, maybe you can uh, uh, kind of find some agreement in this. When you have your first son, you kind of really don't know what to do, right? You don't know how it's going to affect you. You just know that it is. You don't know what to expect. You just know something's coming, right? You don't know how to prepare. You just know you over-prepare, right? Your second one's super easy. It's like by the time they're born, they should be carrying their own car seat, <laughs> right? <laughs> but your first one, though, your first one's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I remember Kristen and I, we were so expecting that we did everything. Like we, we bought the what to expect when you're expecting. Right. Who bought that book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What to expect when you're expecting, right? I remember um, um, we, bought like, we bought like the Cadillac of all cribs. Big, nice wood one. Mmm, sturdy. Then when he got older, he still snuck out of it. Right? Caught him on camera one time, sneaking out. <laughs> that Caleb of mine, sorry, I'm just gonna take a moment here to talk about Caleb, because some of you who are new don't know my oldest son. My youngest son is one that plays the drums. And uh, excellent drummer, isn't he? Yeah, so great. I can say that too. I can brag on my own son, right? And so, but my youngest son, he would sneak out of the crib and he would go to sleep behind a closet somewhere or behind like some cupboard. And we could never find him anywhere. Like, Caleb, where are you at? One time he fell asleep standing up behind a door. No, 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 no lie, no lie. That really, that really did happen. And so, but, but I remember I was buying that crib like it was like the best of the best. And then we had to go buy that brand new recliner rocker. You know what I'm talking about? Right, just that one that's like, you know, it's a, you know it's not gonna break, right? When you sit in it, you know it's gonna have multiple rocks to it. I remember me going, okay, Chris, and I said, I want that batter, I want that battery powered genie, diaper genie. <laughs> right? And at that time, if they had like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, you know I'm on that, right? <laughs> I even convinced my wife that we needed to get faster internet. For the baby, of course. <laughs> I said, I said, I said oh, sweetheart. I'm, you know, I'm going to be up late night with Caleb, but I might as well get faster internet so I can, you know, play video games while I'm watching them. <laughs> the expectancy of having our firstborn fueled, it fueled us to prepare for the coming of our child. Right, for the coming of a child. I was so, we were so excited. We didn't know what to expect. Then it all happened. I remember all the things that took place. I, I remember Caleb being born. I remember that he had this blue blanket. I remember that he started off with blue eyes and black, black, jet black hair. I remember that, 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 that uh, when I called him, I sang over him. I sang over him the song, um, um, Your Love is Extravagant by Daryl Evans. And I began to prophesy over his life that he would be somebody who would lead in worship and pastoring and preaching. I remember all of those things like it was yesterday. I remember saying the same thing about Samuel as well, just holding him in his, in his blanket and, and, and wrapping him up and just prophesying and singing over him, you know, as, as, as I was holding him. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so great. It was so, I was so expectant to be a father. I was so expectant 
to be, to be somebody that, that my kids would rely on. Man, I had a moment the other day where I went, oh, my boys are going to leave. Oh, they don't need me no more. Right? They just need me in a different way. Dad, I need faster internet in my apartment. Back in my day. <laughs> See, the Bible says in John chapter 14, 1 through 4, and I'm going to be wrapping up here real quick. But in John chapter 14, verses one through four, it says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And there I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. He was actually talking about himself. You know the way to where I'm going. And that's through me. Now, when I read this, I thought about how expectant Jesus is, how, how passionate Jesus is for you and I to be with him. He's, go, he's up in heaven right now, and he's going, okay, guys, here's what's going to happen. Let's build, let's, let's grow, let's, let's get ready, because all these people who are getting ready to come back, we need to have a place ready for them. And he's up there, and he's building these places, and he's, and he's doing this. He's using his gifts as the master carpenter, and he's doing all these things. He's so excited, and he's so ready and expectant for you to be in heaven with him for eternity. Again, I'll say it one more time that there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus. Forget the ideas of you being a good person. Well, I don't lie and I don't cheat and I don't date girls who do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We can try to be as good as we want to and not do all these bad things, but if we don't know who Jesus is, if we don't go through the keyhole in the island of Jesus Christ and his salvation called the cross, we will never see eternity with Jesus. But just think about this for a second. I'm telling you, we're worshiping today, and I saw us in heaven, what it's gonna be like in worship. It's amazing. It's amazing. He's totally getting ready for us to be with him. He's building the best crib in the world for you. And I'm not talking about a baby crib, I'm talking about your crib, you know what I mean? Like your crib. Again, if you don't know what that means, ask somebody who's 40. They'll let you know. <laughs> don't ask the 20-year-old. they like, you're talking about crib. Right? His expectancy for us to be with him is overwhelming, and he wants you in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the return of Jesus. I'm ready to spend forever in heaven. I'm ready to spend eternity with him. I'm ready. I can confidently say right here, right now, that if I were to have a heart attack and die right here in front of you, my, my soul and my spirit would be in eternity for heaven. How do I know that? It's not because of what I've done. It's because of who he is in my life. Because I've trusted every single the way. And you've trusted every single the way in the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. And we can rest and be confident and know that we'll be with him forever. I'm ready to be with him, but until he comes back, my great honor is to advance the kingdom of God right where I'm at and to take as many people as I can with him, to rob hell from its so-called treasures and populate heaven. That's my calling. That's your calling. Until he returns. See this word patient. It's also translated to the word wait. 
but not like wait, like we're just waiting for him, like we're locked in a room just waiting for him. No, the word wait is actually defined as waiting like a waiter. As a waiter, right? The expectancy of Jesus' return should fuel us for his kingdom work while here on earth. How can I serve my Jesus while I'm here? How can I wait upon the Lord? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, but they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, a lot of us wanna just kind of wait around. We kind of just wanna wait. What, what's gonna happen? Who's gonna teach me? What's gonna happen here? What's gonna take place here? The Bible actually is saying to you, and the Lord is, is, is prodding us this morning to say, instead of just waiting around for you to continue to grow, why don't you wait so that way you can grow? Why don't you go and serve until he returns? Until he returns. See, the pandemic in the church, it's not that if we love God, it's the in the meantime. We've turned from waiting on the Lord to, okay, God, how will you wait on me? That's the pandemic in the church. We're all just waiting to be waited on. We've actually aligned ourselves with culture more than we've aligned ourselves with the kingdom of God. And we've fallen into this place. I'm not talking about all of us. Please understand what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in general, the church in America has grown to a place of complacency and, and, and being lethargic to the point where we're just waiting to be served and waited on. And God is saying, are you going to wait on me? See, if we've been Christians, if I've been a believer for over a year or more and I have not seen growth in my life, and I haven't shared my faith, if I haven't prayed with somebody, even within the church or outside of the church, if I haven't done something that caused my impossibility meter to go up to level 10, right, and we've just kind of stayed comfortable, I'd suggest to us this morning and to me that I'm waiting to be waited on. I'm waiting to be served rather than waiting to be a waiter. See, expectancy for the King of Kings to come back should feel the passion for waiting on the Lord. Amen. The expectancy to be with Jesus corporately on a Sunday should fuel our passion to bring others and be ready for Jesus to show up and do work, son. Sorry, I was writing this and I was listening to some Christian hip hop and it just, work, son. <laughs> right? It's one of these things that when we come here on a Sunday morning or when you come to just any kind of gathering at all, whatever that is, I don't even care if it's Sunday morning, but whenever we come together in a corporate setting in some way, shape, or form, whether that be at a house or whether that be in a stadium or whether that be at a church like this one on a Sunday morning or whether it be whatever, if our expectancy doesn't fuel the passion for us to actually reach out and try to bring someone and try to invite someone, not just to fill a seat, but so that they can experience the love and the power of Jesus then I'd suggest this morning that maybe we're waiting to be waited on. 
rather than waiting to be a waiter. We have to move past what is the pastor going to teach me today and move to how will I be an instrument of his kingdom advancement? How will I be the instrument? We have to ask ourselves those questions. How will I be an instrument in the mouthpiece and the voice piece for the Lord today? How will I do that and begin to work in that? And the beautiful thing is that the kingdom of God does not stop. It's not seasonal. Well, you know, after winter, I'm gonna try it out a little bit more when it's not so cold outside. Listen, the kingdom of God is not seasonal. It's not systematic. It's not any of those things. The kingdom of God is alive and it's at hand. It's within you. Now it's time to go and be Jesus with skin on to people around us. As we wait upon the Lord, I will wait upon the Lord. As I wait upon the Lord, I will wait upon the Lord. See, according to Jesus, like I said before, that the kingdom of God is at hand. So what do you have in your hand that you can offer for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Each of us is built different. Someone say that with me. Say, I'm built different. I'm built different. Each of you is built different. You're not all the same. You're not all alike. Thank God you're not all like me. Because we'd have a million ideas a minute and nothing would get done. Right? You're not like me. I'm not like you. We all have a place because each of us is built different according to his design. Now, what's in your hand? That way you can go and advance the kingdom of God because it's at hand. Right? What's inside of you? How do you operate? What's going on inside of you? See, these are the things that the identity of Jesus Christ is going to be solidified in our heart this year so we can move according to his will and his power and his love in our lives and the spheres of influence that we do have. I got people laughing at me all the time when I go to a restaurant, right? And, and, and I'm always so super nice to the waitress or the waiter, right? And I always talk to them and I say, and I say things like, hey, do you know who Jesus is? See, I'm not saying you have to do that. Because you're built different, right? You're built different. It's not all about that. It's about advancing the kingdom of God the way that you're designed to the sphere of influence around you. That's what it's all about. So who are you in Christ? None of what any of us do is for our fame, our glory, our position. It's all for Christ so he can be glorified. It's not about us. It's not about our church. It's not about this church. It's not about that body of believers. It's not about this ministry. It's not about what you see on TV. It's not about what you hear in the podcast. It's not about that church down in Texas or that other one down in California. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about what Jesus is doing right here, right now, so he can be glorified. Right in our region, right in our area, right where we're at. You can play some music, Megan. See, another thing about expectancy, if we were all expecting for Jesus to show up in the room on Sundays when we meet, I'm telling you right now that this place wouldn't have a roof. I'd have to go to the board every week. Guys, we need to buy another roof this week. It's 
See, a lot of us come from different places, different journeys, different areas that we're in. I understand that, I get it. Some of you have come from different denominations and, and all those kinds of things, and I understand all of that. And I love the mixture. I love it, it's called the gumbo of Christ. It's best tasted when we can all taste our own flavors, right? Especially when we put them in the big bowl and we stir it up and we go, man, that's really awesome. I love it all. But expectancy fuels passion. Expectancy fuels passion. And when we're expectant to be here on Sunday morning, our passion will show that we're actually expectant for God to do something. Even if you came with a need, even if you're here this morning and you don't know what to expect, even if you, even if you uh, came here this morning and there's things going on in your life, I want you to know that in the middle of your trial, in the middle of the situation, in the middle of the tribulation, the things that you're going on, I promise you that if we were just to refocus, realign, point our eyes to Jesus Christ, all things will follow. Why? Because the Bible says so. The promise of God is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And we get it twisted. We get it backwards. Well, if I just come over here first and I get healed in my heart, if I just come over here first and God answers my prayer, then I'll worship him. No, it needs to be the other way around. Expectancy fuels passion. It needs to be the other way around where we go, Jesus, it doesn't matter right now what's happening in my life. All I know is right now, I'm yours. That's it. And I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna sing till I don't have a voice anymore. I'm gonna shout like it doesn't even matter. But Pastor, that's not me. That's not who I am. I challenge you to do the next thing. Just do the next thing. That's why I said this morning, if you have never raised your hands before, try it. Right? Why? Because this right here is a sign of surrendering to the Lord. I'm at attention. Aye, aye, Cappy. I'm here all yours. Because expectancy fuels passion. The next time you gather, whether that is in your home, or the next time you get up in the morning in your car to go to work, or the next time you do that, instead of going, oh, I gotta go to my work environment again. It's so awful the worst. Everyone's a sinner. They're all going to hell in the handbasket. I know they are. <laughs> Instead of going that way, go, God, what are you going to do today at work? What's going to happen with, what are you going to do with me at work today? What's going to happen? Who am I going to get to pray for today? Who am I going to get to minister today? Who am I going to get to smile today? Who am I going to bring joy to their life in? God, how am I going to advance your kingdom and my place of employment? How's that going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to take place? The expectancy fuels passion. And in these last days, as I close, in these last days, the end time church, you will begin to see the divide. Hear me. I'm just not prophesying and speaking the word of God because the Bible is very clear about this in the last times. Because we all can say in James chapter five that the last, last day, the coming of the Lord is at hand. It's here, right? So in these last days, you'll begin to see the sheeps and the goats begin to divide, begin to go like this. We're already starting to see it. Where churches across America are beginning to be okay with sin and calling it holy and righteous 
and going, meh, everyone deals with stuff. Like, it's okay. They can be that way. No, 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 no. No tolerance. No tolerance for sin. Oh, I know that's tough to hear. I know it is. Trust me, it's hard for me to say it. I know it is. I'm telling you right now, with every fiber of my being, I don't care if, if we're canceled or not. We're gonna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the truth. It is the truth of salvation. Amen? That's not my goal is to go get canceled. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this, that we won't allow anything else to dictate the way the gospel advances in our lives. And so we'll begin to see that separation and the sheep will be expectant and passionate after the things of God. You'll see it. The goats will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. It's super tricky. You gotta have your peepers on. You gotta have your discernment ears up. You have to watch because it'll look good, but it ain't good. Expectancy fuels passion. See, I know that some of us are here this morning and we've been challenged in some way, shape, or form. And I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God. Only you and God know that. Honestly, that's really what it comes down to. This isn't, <laughs> I get so tired. I get so tired of everyone going, yeah, you're so political, like this political thing. No, it ain't nothing political. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. My whole goal, as long as I'm the pastor of your church and of this church, is to point you to Jesus. Not to me, not to what happens here, not to anything else, but to him. Because that's what I care most about is him. And I pray and I ask God to continue to keep my heart pure and clean and humble before him so we can continue pointing people to Jesus because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. So wherever you're at in your journey with the Lord, wherever you're at in your walk with God, let me encourage you to take the next step. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you've never heard before. Hey, he loves you. He has purpose for your life. And you have to give your heart over to him. You've got to commit everything that you are to him because if you don't, but if you do, all of heaven's waiting for you. There's consequences for us not believing in the Lord, but there's nothing but reward for believing in him. And maybe you're here this morning and you never heard that before. You never heard someone be so direct about it. I want you to know that he loves you He's passionate after you. And he's waiting for us to be in heaven. He's preparing a place for us so we can be with him forever. Amen? Yeah. That's so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. I know we're not supposed to like compare, but I just hope my mansion's super cool. but I think Ryan Tecaro's is gonna be better. <laughs> the thing is, is that God just wants you to do what he wants you to do. 
Now he wants, don't look at me and go, if I can just do that and be like that. No, 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 don't, please don't do that. God just wants you to do what you can do. Be you. With his identity wrapped up inside of your heart. Amen. Maybe here this morning, you're journey with God and you just, you know it's been failing lately. Come on, let's just be honest. You don't pray anymore. You don't read your Bible anymore. You're not passionate after the things of God. You're kind of just going through the motions, just kind of coming to church because, you know, someone brought you or, or it wasn't even on your radar. And then someone said, come with me this week. Thank God for that person who invited you this morning. Thank God for that. Because you're here and God's giving you another opportunity to fully commit and give your life over to him. Because that's what it's all about, guys. That's it. taking everything away from hell and populating heaven. That's all I care about. So every head by a nice clothes just so there's a little bit of privacy between you and him. I will be looking and I have some prayer partners behind you that also will be looking. So if you're here this morning and you've never heard that before or maybe you have, and your life just hasn't been like solid. It hasn't been good. It hasn't, you've been falling away from Jesus. You've been walking the opposite way. There's no condemnation. Romans chapter eight, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, none. He's here for you. He loves you. He desires you and he wants you. He wants you in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your sin. He wants you. He wants you because he's got purpose for you. If that's you, you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. If that's you, if you just want somebody to pray with you, good, there's one right there. Anybody else? It says, that's me, Pastor. Just pray for me. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Anybody else? Says, that's me, Pastor. Just pray for me, good. Thank you. Anybody else? Says, that's me. I just, I just want to give my life to Jesus. I've already done that, Pastor. Well, I'm going to do it over again. Man, I just want to do it over again. It hasn't been right, but I'm ready to do it over again. Come on, that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you if you ever come back again. I'm just asking you about your life right now with Jesus. That's you. Just raise your hand up straight up high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now these ministry partners here, these ministry people have a, giving you a book already. And what they're gonna do is after church is done and I pray and say amen, they're gonna follow up with you. They're gonna come and they're gonna come talk to you. They might even ask for your number so that way they can connect with you and walk you through and just touch base and pray with you. Because it's not enough just for a one time. Your walk is called a walk on purpose because walking means motion. Hallelujah. So I'm gonna guide you into prayer. That's all it is, just a guiding. But if you can, just repeat this after me. Say this from the heart. This doesn't save you guys. I want you to know that. This is just the first step of acknowledging that you need Jesus by faith. So everyone together, if you can with me, especially if you raise your hand, will you repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, Forgive me my sin. I'm sorry for walking away from you. 
today, I give you my life, everything that I am, over to you. Because I am yours and you are mine. I'll never leave you. From this day forward, I commit everything that I am to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. And my prayer is that you live in love like Jesus did.